Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. In this teaching series, Kevin speaks about various themes from the book of Proverbs, providing us with practical wisdom for a life well lived. Visit kevinconnor.org for more details. All right, so uh, I'd like you to turn to your, uh, session three now, and uh, we've entitled this uh, session here Proverbs and Parables. So let me uh, read our introduction here. One of the definitions of proverbs is parables. I mean, there's lots of def- uh, various definitions and so forth, but uh, uh, one of the definitions of proverbs is parables. It's worthy to note that some verses, not, not all of course, but some verses in the book of Proverbs actually seed them in themselves some of the parables of Jesus. And this session uh, deals... Uh, uh, with two proverbs that lend themselves to two parables of the Lord Jesus as found in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, I'd like you to turn to, and because I'm talking to a very intelligent bunch of people, that's uh, very good, you're improving as you get better. I'd like you to turn to uh, a couple of verses here, and then uh, we'll go down a little bit after the columns. Uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. And I want to I want to give you a uh, couple of scripture uh, scripture uh, one other scripture here. So Proverbs chapter nine and verse one. Now remember the theme of the book of, of Proverbs is the word wisdom and so forth. So uh, here in Proverbs chapter nine and verse one from uh, from uh, New King James here, wisdom has built her house. So notice wisdom, and we saw that last week. The wisdom in the in the tabernacle of Moses, spirit of wisdom was there, and the wisdom in the tabernacle of David, and then the spirit of wisdom uh, in the in the temple of Solomon. So wisdom has built her house. So whether it's God's house or our natural homes, it takes wisdom. How many know that? How many say amen on that? And then it says she has hewn out her seven pillars. Uh, we'll just hold on verse 1. If you want to put there, uh, you can on this one, uh, put down Hebrews chapter 6. It's not on your notes. Hebrews 6 and verses 1 through to, uh, one through to uh, verses 1 or 2. That's right. So wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. And in uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 or 2, we have seven principles of the doctrine of Christ that I like to, if I'm teaching on this more fully, I like to say they represent the seven pillars. So number one, repentance from dead works. Number two, faith towards God, not faith towards yourself. Number three, doctrine of baptism. Number four, uh, resurrection life. Number five, uh, uh, number four, laying of hands. Number five, uh, resurrection life. Number six, eternal judgment. And number seven, Perfection. So if you just uh, read Hebrews chapter 7, uh, chapter 6, pardon me, verses 1 and 2, uh, you'll get there. So wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Then let's go to Proverbs, and this one's not on your notes here. Proverbs chapter 14. And uh, you tell me in a moment, uh, after I read the scripture, you tell me what parable or what teaching of Jesus that this could allude to. 
Okay, so um, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, this is not on your notes here. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her, with her hands. So we have wise and foolish. Giving you a clue. What parable or teaching of Jesus does that refer to? Yes, the two, the two men who were builders, wise builder and the foolish builder. So read that. So as I said, you know, out of these Proverbs, uh, I went to a couple of the parables of Jesus, Proverbs and parable. So the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. Now, sometimes when my wife and I go to different churches, I've spoken on this verse, and so uh, wisdom builds her house. And I see wise ministers who build the house of the Lord, but I see foolish people who just tear it down with their own hands. So you're trying to build something, you're trying to build the house of the Lord, a local church, and yet you tear it down with some of the stupid things you do. Not here, of course. Everybody said amen. All right, and then uh, one other verse that, that, that is on your notes there, um, Proverbs chapter 24. And verse 3, Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 3, and we, uh, brother, referred to this before. And if you haven't marked your Bible, if you're not here last week, uh, I didn't bring it along tonight, but uh, we do a triangle of, uh, of these three words here. So in uh, verse 3, it says, Through wisdom a house is builded, So I've underlined the word wisdom. And by understanding, next word I've underlined, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So the triangle, wisdom, number one. And number two, understanding. And number three, knowledge. Wisdom, they are key words uh, in this book. So Wisdom, and you can have wisdom without knowledge, as we saw last week, and you can have an understanding without uh, wisdom, lack of wisdom. So wisdom is the principal thing, as we saw last week. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, with all you're getting, get wisdom. So wisdom, understanding, uh, knowledge builds the house, and that was the triangle. Uh, if you want to put this on your notes, you can. Um, The word house is used at least 29 times as a theme in the book of Proverbs. And uh, I just want to give you one more verse here. Uh, Turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 and uh, verse 33. Proverbs 3 verse 33. And notice this. It says, The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Wow, that's a powerful verse, and and to do that properly, that would take me an hour. So the curse of the Lord, on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. So how many want the blessing of the Lord? And say, Lord, I'm just justified, uh, justification by faith, so the, the curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. And I say, Lord, bless our house. It's a household of faith. Uh, that's it. So God blesses us. Uh, bless of God. 
All right, now I want you to uh, turn, uh, let's see, I, I know I'm making you turn to scriptures tonight, but I, I want to give you the picture in a moment. All right, turn over to Matthew chapter 7. So uh, did everybody get that? Wherever you see wise or foolish in the book of Proverbs, it, it points uh, to the first teaching that Jesus gave on the Mount of Transfiguration, on the Mount, uh, the Mount, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, about the wise and foolish man. So let's uh, turn over to Matthew chapter 27. Uh, it's on your notes there, by the way. Matthew 7. Now, I'm taking time to read the Scriptures with you because I want you to see them and mark them in your, in, in your, in your, uh, in your Bible if you haven't already. Okay, so Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1, let's go to that. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. Now, the multitudes and the mountain. We'll come to that in significance in a moment. And when he was seated, his disciples, so... No, you know, for me, the language is so, uh, you know, so implicit and so meaningful. So seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. Did he like mountain climbing? Was it a bit of P.E.? <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's going into a kingdom. And when he was seated, so in that seated position, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, and then we have on the mountain the Beatitudes. And uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 have to do with the what, what is generally called the Sermon on the Mount. Now let's go to chapter 7 and the verses uh, they mentioned there. Now notice this, and you can see the significance of this in a moment. He goes up into a mountain, and when he is seated in that seated position significant, and then he opens his mouth and began to teach them. So we have Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Now, notice how he closes with the house. Now, notice he closes the Sermon on the Mount, so mountain and house and seating uh, sermon. He closes with a, a house. And notice how it links up with Proverbs, verse 24 from uh, King, uh, New King James. Therefore, and as somebody said, whenever you see a therefore, you want to see what it's there for. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, everybody say does them, this is the key to it. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall why? For it was founded on the rock. But, everybody say but. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. So one does them and one doesn't do them. So obedience to the word. And does not do them will be like a foolish man. So wisdom, a wise woman builds a house, a foolish woman plucks it down. So we have this thought of wise and foolish, wise and foolish. Okay? Then, uh, yeah, where am I up to? A verse, uh, yeah, we'll be like a foolish uh, man who built his house on the sand and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell 
and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, uh, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, I, I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but I want you to go over to Luke's gospel and just see a few words different uh, that Luke supplies something that, uh, that, that Matthew doesn't. So Luke chapter 6, it's on your notes there, except uh, my computer is not converted, so you need to put Luke 6, verse 47 to 49. Okay, Luke 6, verse 47 to 49. Okay, so let's go to Luke. And I want you to pick up some words. Uh, we were just sharing this in Fiji last year, actually. What sort of house are we building? So Luke uh, chapter 6, and uh, we'll pick up in verse 47. 47. Now, this is Luke's rendition of, the, of it. So we're talking about we, being a wise and foolish builder. Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, so the issue is obedience and does them. I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house. Wisdom has built her house through knowledge. Wisdom. That's it. So he's like a man building a house. And notice these next words. Who dug deep. He dug deep. I want you to keep that in mind. Dug deep. Now you see... Before I continue reading, whose house do you went, think went up the quickest? The foolish man. You know, and, and probably, I mean, just a bit of sanctified imagination. Wise man could have come over or the foolish man could have gone to the wise man and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Look how fast my house. Did you know that there's, uh, I think, at least 340 books out on church growth. And so I challenged the leaders over in Fiji last year, what sort of a, what, are you a wise or foolish builder? What are you building? Well, they get so influenced by 340 books at least, that are on how to grow a church, how to do it quickly and everything like that. But this man dug deep. So I want you to keep those words in mind. He dug deep. All right, let's continue. And he laid the foundation on a rock. Now, think of this. He dug deep, and then he found a rock. And then he laid the foundation on a rock. Now, remember, Jesus sort of uses this language. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So Jesus is the rock, not Peter. See, the one that Peter confessed is the rock. You are Peter. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, uh, and upon this rock, the rock of Peter's confession, I will build my church. So he is the rock. And right through the Old Testament, the Lord is our rock. So he laid the foundation of the rock. So they're the things that struck me. Digging deep. Or is it just shallow? Digging deep. And he laid the foundation on the rock. So when he found the rock, and he laid the foundation on the rock, you can, uh, again, remind uh, you of uh, Hebrews chapter 6, 1-7. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and then the, the seven steps there, seven pillars. 
He laid the foundation of the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard, heard and did nothing, is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Um, my wife and I, uh, we were in America. We went for, to America for one year and actually stayed 10. And then uh, Brother Richard Holland, uh, when we came back to Australia in 1981, uh, I felt the Lord had given me a word and uh, Richard asked me to take the church and I just didn't feel at the time because people didn't feel I was in the will of God leaving America. But what the Lord t- told me, was that I was to build a wise man's house and dig deep. And so we did that when Richard turned the work over to me, dug deep, and we laid the foundation on a rock. Foundation principles, principles of church life class. How how many remember those days? All right, that was, was, I I was a bit younger then. Anyway, (laughs) okay, so now... Uh, so I want you to go down to, uh, at the bottom of the two columns, and uh, I'm doing the jigsaw puzzle here. I want you to turn over to the first scripture that's on your notes there, Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. This will all come together. Remember, the Bible is like uh, a divine jigsaw puzzle. So Isaiah chapter 2. Now, how many do believe the Bible is inspired? The words are not not there to fill up the book. Amen? And so words are very important to me. So Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 1. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, now it shall come to pass in the last days. We are in the last of the last days. How many believe that? See, the last days began with the coming of Jesus in the uh, God who spoke by the prophets in former times, in these last days he's spoken unto us in his Son. So the last day became, uh, came uh, when the Son of God came. So we have the former days, the uh, dispensation of the Father, we refer to it, and then the last days, dispensation of the Son. Now we're in the last of the last day, dispensation of the Holy Spirit. So it gives you time element. Now, Notice this as I do a running commentary here. It shall come to pass in the last day, the latter days, or last days, latter days, some translation, that the mountain, I want you to keep this in mind, the mountain of the Lord's house. So we have a mountain and a house. The mountain and the house. Shall be established on the top of the mountains. What mountains? And shall be exalted above the hills. What hills? And all, not just the Jewish nation, not just the nation of Israel, all nations. And something's going on up at this house because all nations will flow. And you don't flow uphill unless there's some drawing power. And that's the presence of the Lord. How many can say amen? So, in this mountain, in the Lord's house, and not just for the chosen nation of Israel in the Old Testament, 
but all nations, out of every kindred, tongue, tribe, and nation, people are going to flow. It's unnatural, it's supernatural. They're flowing uphill because of the presence of the Lord. How many of you hear what I'm saying? That's it. So I say to the people in Fiji, what are you building? Wise man's house, foolish man's house. All nations shall flow at it. Many people shall go, come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For our design shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Let me freeze it there. Now, in the Old Testament, and if you want to put down, I, I won't take time to, or we're not going to get through. Um, put down Psalm 125 and verse 1 and 2. I'll quote it, Psalm 125, verse 1 and 2. And what we're told there, as you, uh, Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains, so the Lord is round about his people forevermore. Now, what we find in the Old Testament was that there were three major mountains. And why were they three most important mountains? First of all, let me say the mountains, and if you want to draw this uh, three mountains, Mount Sinai, then Mount Zion, and then Mount Moriah. Let me say that again. Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, and Mount Moriah. Do you know why these mountains were important? Because in each of them was a house, God's house. In Mount Sinai was the tabernacle of Moses. In uh, Mount Zion was the tabernacle of David. In Mount Moriah was the temple of Solomon. So all that becomes more meaningful. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain. So what does Jesus do in the Gospel of Matthew? There are six mountains in Matthew, but Jesus climbs up one mountain. Seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain and he closed his sermon on the mount with a wise man and a foolish man's house. That's the picture we have there. And here it is, prophesied. It shall come to pass in the latter, uh, latter days that the, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountain, above Mount Sinai, above Mount Zion, above Mount Moriah, because the house points to the church, the New Testament church. I'll give you a couple of scriptures. So do you get the picture? Jesus goes up into the mountain, and he, when he was seated, he began teaching, and then multitudes came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. So mountain and house. Then you'll notice here, First Peter. Let, let's go to First Peter chapter chapter two, and just little words here that the New Testament writers take up. First uh, Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter 2, and uh, we'll skip a, a few verses for time's sake. Verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen of God and precious, you also as lively stones. How many lively stones here? 
not rolling stones. You can't build a church out of rolling stones. You've got an elder and a deacon on one side or the other because you're not sure whether they're going to roll in or roll out or roll down the street. How many rolling stones here? See, you lively, uh, lively stones. And do you know why li- we're lively stones? We were dead stones before that. But now Jesus Christ, the living stone, is in us. We have become lively stones. I'm 86, but I'm still a lively stone. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes I feel like a pretty dead, but uh, yeah. (laughs) So coming to him, a living stone by the resurrection, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as lively stones, living stones, are being built up, and everybody say these next two words me, a spiritual house. Now, underline that word spiritual because, you see, passing everything through the cross, we go from the natural and the material to the spiritual and the eternal. So the church is a spiritual house. This is not the house. This is not the church, this building with the balconies. This is the sheep shed where all the sheep meet. And all the sheep said, ha, 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 man. All the goats, but, 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 but. Okay. So I want you to pick that up. A spiritual house. A spiritual house. So in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established in the top of the mountains and uh, all nations will flow to it. Fiji, America, Indonesia, Australia, it doesn't matter. All nations flowing to the house of the Lord. And that's, that's what's happening. How many can say amen? All right, just be, for time's sake, put down first Peter. Oh, you've got that. First Peter 4.17. Judgment must begin at the house of God. And then one more scripture. Uh, turn over to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter, chapter 3. Thank you. Hebrews chapter 3. Where's Hebrews? Hebrews chapter 3. And I'd like to read verses 1 through to 6. It's on your notes there. Hebrews 3, 1 through to 6. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest, uh, as the apostle, he comes out from God to us. As the high priest, he goes in from us to God. So the apostle and high priest of our confession or profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. So we t- think of the tabernacle of Moses. Moses was faithful all the little intricate details God said, build it this way, I want it this way. For this, this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things, it doesn't matter, is God, whether it's Tabernacle of Moses, Tabernacle of David, Temple of Solomon, it doesn't matter. He who built all things is God. 
And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which uh, would be uh, spoken afterwards, but Christ not as a servant, but as a son. I, 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 hope, I hope you mark your, mark your Bible. The difference between the servant in the house and the son over the house. But Christ as a son, and notice this next part, over whose own house, and everybody say the next few words with me, whose house we are. So who's the house of the Lord now? You and I. Lively sown, built up a spiritual house. We are the house of the Lord. Everybody said amen. That gives me a sense of destiny. I'm not an accident going somewhere to happen. I'm part of the house of God. No one stone is the house of God, but we together, we are lively stones, build up a spiritual house. Everybody said amen. Uh, if, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Okay, so you've got enough on that. Now, let's go to here, and I'd like to... Um, Edward, why don't you help me here? Uh, I, I just want to illustrate this here. Help an old man. Don't sit there just looking intelligent. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, sorry, I, I couldn't get this on the overhead. Okay, so now here we have two houses. If you want to do this on the back of your sheet or somewhere you can. Here we have two houses, foolish man's house, wise man's house. So the issue is, and as I said, I challenged uh, people, what sort of a house are we building? Now, if you go to your notes here, foolish man's house and wise man's house, both of them heard the sayings of Jesus. Okay? Number two, the foolish man does not do them or obey them. The wise man did it. And then they both built a house, they're both building, but on the foolish man, he built the house on the sand and on the earth, whereas the wise man, he dug deep and found a rock. And then we're told here, without a foundation, no foundation of obedience. And they laid the foundation of the rock, uh, contrast, and, and notice this here. There are three major things in buying a house. When I bought a house here, first of all, I need to check, number one, and this is a whole two hours message, proper foundations. Number two, proper structure. You know, I challenge you, I'm, I want to challenge you. To, what are the foundations of this church? What is the structure of this church? Do we know? We should if, if we're in the right house. And then proper covering. Now, you'll notice there is a threefold test on both houses. The foolish man's house, the wise man's house. So the floods tested the foundation. Note it, please. The floods tested the foundations. The winds tested the structure. And the rains tested the covering. So much there, I could spend the whole night on it. 
But see, if we're going to build a true local church, and see, churches are going up 340 books out on how to grow a church, how to do this, that, and the other. You know, have entertainment, get movies and everything on, just to attract people. Hey, what are we building? Now, I have to finish on this. But you see, I want to be in a wise man's house. Don't you? Because see, when the storms came and the floods came and the winds came and the, and the, the, rain, the rain, I'm glad there's a good covering here. I would not like to be in a foolish man's house because they both experience the same floods and they both experience the same winds and they both experience the same rains. But the foolish man said, great was the fall of it. So I encourage people, and I spoke this once before, I said, well, what, what type of a church are you in? When the storms come, and when the floods come, I don't want to be in a foolish man's house. I want to be a wise man's house. I mean, everybody said amen. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding and by knowledge. That's it. Wow. All right, so great was the fall of the foolish man's house. I wouldn't like to be in that house. And then we're told when you put the uh, Matthew and Luke together, nothing could shake that, the wise man's house. So I feel I'm, I'm safe in this house. And people used to say to me, Kevin, when I came back from America, I said, we just feel safe in this house. Well, I just asked the Lord at my time, help me to be a wise master builder. Everybody said amen. All right, there's tons of material there. Okay, let's go to the uh, little bit difference here. What was the only difference? The threefold test, both built a house, one fell, one stood. The issue is obedience to the words of Jesus. Everybody said amen. All right, now let's go to the next one because uh, I've got to give you a break soon. This is an interesting one, and because I'm talking to a very intelligent people, we're looking at proverbs and parables. All right, now, under letter B, it says, wise and foolish virgins. And listen to this proverb, Proverbs 21, verse 20. There is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man spends it up. What parable does that point you to? Wow. And that's so clear. So in this verse, you have wise and foolish, and the issue is oil. You see, the issue in the first parable here is a foundation of obedience. The issue in this parable is oil. Are, are you getting the point? That's it. So I want to give you good notes. So there's treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish spends it up. Which parable of Jesus does this point to? Matthew chapter 25, and then uh, I've done a commentary on Matthew, um, page 666 anyway. <laughs> just, just a joke. Uh, turn over to Matthew chapter 25, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this because uh, you are very intelligent people. So... Uh, Matthew chapter 25, and uh, I think um, a misunderstood parable, but we'll read it. So Matthew 25, 
and verses 1 through to 13. I had to get a bigger Bible for print tonight. My eyes are fading on me. Okay, so Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1, just to put it in our minds again. Then the kingdom of heaven, then, when, when there, he's talking about the second coming. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise. Oh, I get that again. And five were foolish. Wise and foolish. Wise and foolish builders. Wise and foolish in the book of Proverbs. Oh, help me, Lord. Uh, are we getting the message? That's the book of Proverbs, book of wisdom. So five were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish, now I want you to pick up because it's not too many preachers seem to get this. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with the lamps. Now I want you to make note of that. The wise, had, uh, the foolish had lamps, but no extra oil. The wise had lamps and vessels and extra oil. The difference was the vessel, the extra vessel. All right, but while the bridegroom was delayed, this bothers me, they all slumbered and slept, the wise and the foolish. I say, God, keep me awake. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil for our lamps. And this is a better translation. Our lamps are not are gone out, but our lamps are going out. Now, remember the proverb. There is treasure to be, desi to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish spends it up. So, the foolish, they didn't have any extra vessel. They're using up their oil. Wow. Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. In other words, pay your own price. And, and, and saints, you can't live on my little bit of oil and you can't live on my wife's oil. You've got to have enough oil for yourself. And most people, most expositors of the word, say the oil represents the Holy Spirit. And if we had time, you could go through the seven-branch lampstand which had the supply of oil morning and evening the supply of the oil. Then the tabernacle or the temple of Solomon, the lamps, the oil, the oil, morning and evening. So morning and evening in my time of prayer, I personally, I say, Lord, give me a daily supply of the oil of the Holy Spirit. And even before I go to sleep, if my wife reads to me now and then, but I'll say, just give me the oil. Give me oil in my lamp. Help me not to be a foolish virgin. How many can say amen? You know, that, That's the picture we have. Give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, 
lest it should not be enough for us and you, but go, go uh, rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, and we don't know, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage or to the wedding, and the door was shut. Now, whatever the significance of that, uh, this is the thing that frightened me, to tell the truth, is that all the wise and the foolish went through a period of sleep. And they all had to have a fresh awakening. You get the message, but you see the foolish, they woke up as well as the wise, but they said, we haven't got enough oil. You can't live on somebody else's experience. So let's, uh, let's go to this uh, part here. So foolish virgins, wise virgins, foolish man's house, wise man's house. So Matthew chapter 6, 7, and Matthew 25 do with the wise and foolish. Okay, so it says 10 virgins, 5 foolish. 10 virgins, 5 were wise. The lamps, both had lamps. Foolish had their lamps, and the Amplified says the, the wise were wise, sensible, and intelligent. Everybody said amen. Uh, but the foolish had no extra oil with them. But the difference was the wise virgins had oil in their lamps and extra vessels of oil. Uh, the bridegroom tarried, the bridegroom tarried in both. All slumbered and slept, all slumbered and slept. Then the midnight cry, the midnight cry. All were awakened at the midnight hour. And they're going over the page here. Uh, lamp trimming time, so trimming their lamps. That's the thing. Trim your, and how do you do that? So as I, for myself, I do it morning and evening. I trim my lamp, Lord, give me a good night's rest and sleep. Help me to please you. This day and everything I think, same day, I trim my lamp. Bridegroom coming, bridegroom coming. Go out to meet him, go out to meet him. The foolish cried, our lamps are going out. Wise had extra oil for their lamps. They asked the, uh, the wise for some oil. Uh, cannot have somebody else's oil. You can't live on somebody else's experience. That's the thing. Told them to go and buy for themselves. While the foolish went to buy, the bridegroom came. The door was shut. Foolish came knocking, and the voice said, I do not know you. Whatever the implications on that, I don't want to be there. Pray, uh, pay pray, uh, over the wise column. Pay the price individually, preparation time, second coming of Christ, wise taken to the marriage, enjoy the marriage feast, intimate relationship. And what's the message? The message is watch and be ever ready. All right, now. My computer, as I said, is not converted. So please cross out Luke 19 right through to Revelation chapter 21, verse 7 and 8. Sorry about those scriptures. They're wrong references. Luke 19, Matthew 13, Revelation uh, two, uh, 21. They're wrong scriptures then. And then Second Corinthians uh, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he says, I want to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, like the best man presenting who gives this uh, woman. Ephesians 5 is a good scripture about the great mystery of the marriage of Christ and the church. Then Luke 12.35 and Revelation 3.18, cross them out. Sorry about that. They're wrong scriptures. 
I was checking them all myself today. So my fault, not your fault. So Luke 12.35 and Revelation 3.18. All right, then let's go to the next part here as we finish. The wise shall understand. So read those scriptures there. Wisdom, I say, Lord, people don't understand. The foolish will not understand, but the wise will understand. Then number one and two, wise or foolish builders. Number two, uh, two uh, one, wise or foolish builders. Number two, wise or foolish virgin. Both the wise and the foolish slumbered and slept. Both had a time awakening. Both had opportunity to trim their lamps. The foolish did not have extra oil. They spent it up. The wise had the extra vessel of oil beside their lamps. The bridegroom, Jesus, came. The ready ones entered the marriage. The foolish were shut out, whatever that means. The door, the door was shut. So, conclusion, the major message of this parable is to watch and be ready any time for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the issue is, do we have a foundation of obedience or do we value the treasure oil of the Holy Spirit in our vessels. How many can say amen? amen? So I'd like to encourage you to read the scriptures except the wrong references here and uh, pray over that and say, Lord, help me. So that's the, that's the issue. What are we building? Wise man's house, foolish man's house. I want to be a wise man's house because when the storm comes, it'll stand. How many can say amen? Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books and his ministry.